0: Let me welcome you to Real Talk with Bella. I'm Vanessa Kapas, your host, and I'm joined by Dr. Gadir, who is an infertility uh, doctor with um, honestly an incredible roster of clients uh, that is uh, under your belt. You're also a podcast host. um, And I was really Uh, excited to speak to you because um, when uh, your information came in to us, we were just having a conversation here from an editorial perspective about how to address infertility. And I think that is a very, um, I don't want to say a very common, but I think there's like a buzz around it right now, especially with Um, as you have serviced, you know, uh, LGBTQ plus clients who are now wanting to have children. Um, But before we get to all of that, please tell me a little bit about yourself and your practice.
1: Absolutely. So I'm Shaheen Gadir. I'm an infertility specialist at the Southern California Reproductive Center, um, which is one of the top 10 fertility centers in the country. Um, We used to pre-pandemic have about 30% of our practice coming from international destinations,
0: wow. it's
1: getting a little bit higher, but nowhere near where it was.
0: Okay.
1: We offer fertility okay. services to the entire LGBTQ community and also uh, individuals around the entire country that need to preserve their fertility or do IVF. So we are there helping all patients do as well as they can in their journey to parenthood.
0: That's amazing. Um, can you talk a little bit about the misconception of fertility treatment? Um, I feel like there is, um, I mean, I obviously wouldn't even know how to begin a conversation about it just because I I, um, I thought I was infertile for a very long time, but then it just so happens that I wasn't. Um, and I think there was just, you know, these beliefs and and these issues with my own self-care that I wasn't addressing as I should have. But what are some of the misconceptions that exist?
1: I think some of the biggest misconceptions about fertility are the costs that are unmanageable, which they are not. They are totally manageable and many different options available in this day and age. And many people have coverage that has uh, become much better and they actually don't even know that they have coverage. The other treatments, um, thinking that you're going to get cancer if you do fertility treatment, complete myth. People thinking that if they do fertility treatment, they won't be able to get pregnant naturally in any other way as well is a complete myth. Um, Basically, trying to do anything that people can do to conceive uh, is, and it's people thinking that it takes about six months to a year for the process to happen or seven to eight cycles for it to happen, complete myth.
0: That's really interesting, um, just because, I mean, I know what I've heard and I've seen from, you know, I have friends who have gone through treatments themselves, and um, some of them take longer than expected. Others, uh, you know, uh, get results sooner than expected. So there's no real time frame other than it'll be when it'll be, correct?
1: Correct. There's, you know, there are lots of things that we do to increase and make people, Get pregnant much, much faster than they normally would. Okay. Um, With that being said, sometimes for some people it does take a bit. Yeah. um, And it just doesn't happen overnight. So we have to be cognizant about that. But I think that the fear of fertility treatment is something that keeps many people away. Yeah. Um, And there are times and episodes in life where there are things about someone's body in life where they can't conceive and then they can by correcting things as well. So I just think being proactive and learning and doing the most that you can do about your fertility is probably one of the smartest things that most people learn from talking to a fertility specialist.
0: That's wonderful to hear. (laughs) I know that I, um, you know, from my own personal experience, I had something called a molar pregnancy. I had it at the age of 25. um, And my doctor was very clear when he uh, you know, cause I had to get a DNC and I had to, um, go through a treatment that I was not expecting. Obviously I was terrified and thinking that I would never be able to have children, uh, or healthy children or a healthy pregnancy ever. Um, you know, it's a process that, um, obviously I, I don't, you know, wish that upon anyone. Um, and I do believe that with the misconceptions that you just addressed, um, you know, I've heard from, friends that is just, it's painful. The injections the this, the heartbreak, um, those are most of the things that I think keep people sometimes from pursuing, uh, a treatment. So I appreciate,
1: you know, I, I appreciate that you brought up the injections mm-hmm. because the injections are the tiniest needle that exists okay. in the world. Okay. Um, okay. we have patients that call us all the time telling us they're not sure if they're getting the medicine in their body because they don't feel anything. Got it. So uh, there is one injection that is painful and happens after the whole thing. When an embryo transfer occurs, it's the progesterone and oil. Okay. It goes into the, into your buttocks area. Okay. And at that point, most people will do anything to have a successful, healthy pregnancy. And it's not at that point it's totally the icing on the cake after everything they've done to get there.
0: Got it. Got it. Well, you know, I obviously personally only have had friends that, you know, can have told shared their stories with me. Um, and, you know, I'm always obviously ha- happy and heartened to hear that uh, someone was able to conceive. And even if it's just, um, you know, through a, if, if it's through a treatment, just because at the end of the day, um, as is your intention is to help, you know, families have uh, bring, you know, children into this world and to have healthy pregnancies. I think that's the goal. And, you know, for many women it does that what that process looks very differently and it looks like an infertility treatment and it goes many different ways for everyone else. And I think, you know, the 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 bottom line is here from what I'm gathering is that there is no cookie cutter process for one person. It, it, it really depends on your physiology um, and the work that you put in behind it as well.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. You're absolutely right. And if you're going to a clinic that it has cookie cutter treatment, you're in the wrong place.
0: And there you go. <laughs> there you go. One one question that I do want to ask you, um, just because I also feel that um, you know I'm obviously out of like I'm I'm no longer having any more children. I'm I'm going to turn forty four this year. This age range that we have been, um, you know, just to cl- just to clarify for anyone who may be listening, I feel like I remember hearing at some point, um, an infertility doctor say, you know, that once you've reached the age of 35, if you haven't conceived, then you might as well go freeze your eggs. Because if you don't, um, you're more, nine times out of 10, you're not going to, you know, naturally be able to conceive. Um, can you demystify? Is that a myth? Is that Um, And I I think that's
1: probably one of the worst (coughs) advice anyone could ever give anyone. Yeah. Um, If a fertility doctor is telling people to go freeze their eggs at 35, I don't think they're giving the best advice. I think that the ideal time to freeze your eggs is in your twenties when your eggs are at their peak of doing the best that they can do. However, no one really thinks about this in their twenties. Of course. So I've learned to tell everyone who has hit the age of 30, if, you are not in the process of trying to conceive. You really need to at that time, freeze your eggs. Okay. Uh, just, you know, at, at 35, the majority of women have had significant declines in their fertility. And it's not the kind of thing you want to tell someone to go and do. Now that you've had a significant decline and your eggs are really downhill, why don't you go freeze <laughs> some of them? You want to do this when your eggs are the best possible when you're going to get the most and you have the most eggs.
0: That's, that's really uh, great to hear. Um, just because I feel like, again, the information or the misconception, I know that I've heard it, you know, if you've you're past 35, you're done. If you haven't done, done what you needed to do at that point then you're, you know, you may be looking for other alternatives. Um, what, what, uh, can you speak to, I mean, you you spoke a little bit earlier about it, but the evolution of the infertility treatments, I mean, you make it sound very turnkey and very easy. Like what are some of the new approaches or new advancements that have, that are exist today that are options for women to take advantage of? So
1: first of all, I have also with my wife gone through a miscarriage and then it led to doing IVF after six months of failed artificial insemination cycles. And um, I have a wife that was terrified of needles that used to pass out whenever having a blood draw. Oh
0: my God. And after
1: the third or fourth day of the injections, when I was rushing home to give it to her, she said, don't bother. I already gave it to myself. And now she's gotten over <laughs> her fear. I like to tell people if she's able to get over her fear of injections and needles, then anyone in the world can do it. And if she can do the IVF, anyone can. My twins, we chose to put two embryos Nine out of 10 of my patients these days only put one embryo at a time. Okay. Um, but we chose to put two. I have twins. They just turned 10.
0: Oh my gosh, um, Congratulations. And then we were
1: blessed with another little surprise baby who is not quite five yet. So out of nowhere. So anything is possible. Okay. And I think that one of the biggest things with fertility treatment is that you can either make this the biggest and worst thing in your entire life or you can go through it as smoothly as possible, and just be done. Yeah. And that's the best advice that I could give people. We are lucky that we have these kind of treatments. You are lucky that you have access to these kind of treatments. We are there for people emotionally. We are there for people in many ways in my clinic. We have in-house acupuncturist who is an angel. Um, We do a lot of work with our patients to make sure that they know they are supported during this entire process. And I think that's a lot of problems that exist with clinics out there is that they have horrible staffing employees that are really not there and they have doctors that are not really available for their patients yeah um we've gone out of our way to make protocols and to do things that none of those would exist
0: yeah no it's it's really um you know uh very um surprising in a way just because it's not obviously a conversation that I have every week about infertility, but it's also kind of, um, you know, uh, it's a relief to hear that so many alternatives are possible that there are things that women can do uh, to make this happen for themselves, um, that we do have options, that we do have alternatives that there it is, easier than uh, you may think or have thought of. But again, it's the access, like there, it is available to you. And I know of, you know, many people who have gone through so many heartbreaking uh, moments uh, of their life having you know, trying to conceive um, and, it's always great to know that, um, that it is possible for them, uh, given what you said uh, today and, and explain. I think that that's phenomenal. You also host a podcast. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what uh, that all entails?
1: Yes. So I am the host of the Fertile Life podcast. It was yeah. something that is very dear and near to me. Um, it is a platform where I'm able to bring prior patients of mine that have gone through a very interesting journeys. It is also a platform that I've brought very interesting people uh, in the world that have talked to me and said, gosh, I don't even know anything about my fertility. So the person um, who has conquered a lot but not sure. So we talk a lot about life yeah. and about yeah. exciting things that have happened to people. We always somehow bring it back to fertility to give it a, a twist that has to do with everyone's intention who wants to have a family. But it is definitely, definitely not a podcast that has only to do with fertility. Um, It is a podcast that's very well-rounded and exciting and talks about um, the journeys of people involving their challenges and everything they've had to do to create their beautiful families.
0: That's wonderful. I have to say that your passion does come across, and uh, not just how you speak, but how you express—you know, how you express yourself—which is um, truly heartwarming to know and learn that there are doctors and people out there that genuinely care about um, the services that they're providing for people. And given that this is such a huge and monumental moment in uh, in someone's lives, it's always great to know that um, people like you exist in the world. Um, I'm happy to know that you're in LA. We're going to be out in LA at the end of March, uh, which I will follow up and send you some exciting information. Cause I'd love to meet you in person, uh, if that's possible, um, yeah, how, can of course. People, how can people find you? How can people learn more about your practice? How can all, they also listen to your podcast. Please share that with our listeners.
1: Absolutely. So the, my handle on Instagram and Facebook is at Dr. Shaheen Gadir, which is D R. S-H-A-H-I-N-G-H-A-D-I-R. We are also, the clinic is called Southern California Reproductive Center and our website is scrcivf.com. We do have free patient webinars that we have hundreds of people around the world listening to. Um, We do them every couple of weeks. They are very informative, really prepare people for the right uh, beginning to get into the fertility uh, journey. So something that is very dear and near to me is our webinar. The podcast is The Fertile Life. It's on Apple and Spotify. And I hope everyone who listens enjoys it.
0: Thank you so much for your time. It was so wonderful to speak to you today. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me.